touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Here's a blast, and Plumnik didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Kalen Deloach, who has the ball and is heading toward the end zone. What is going on, guys? It is the college football talk. I don't know why I said it like that. College football talk with Hunter and Dylan. Mm -hmm. We are back for week seven preview. Yes, sir. We're already at week seven. It's crazy. And uh, we have a loaded slate for you guys today. Lots of great games to talk about. As always, though, remember, we are on the road to 100 subscribers. Mm -hmm. We picked up a subscriber from last episode. So we are now only 30 love to hear it. Love subscribers to hear it. Yes, from 100. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big time. Big time. So mm -hmm. whoever you are out there, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate uh, we appreciate every subscriber. We very much appreciate it. Views are up too, which is mm -hmm. awesome. Yep. Remember, find us on YouTube, Spotify as well. Link for the Spotify pod is also if you're watching on YouTube and you mm -hmm. want to follow us on Spotify, the link is in the bio. Yep. If not, go to Spotify, College Football Talk. We will mm -hmm. be right there. Yes. The logo will be the same thing. So mm -hmm. find us there. You'll be golden. Golden. See, I got the Braves jersey on tonight. Dylan's got his Florida State stuff on. We sure. are chopping along. Let's just call it like that. That's what mm -hmm. motto tonight, chopping along. No, I recently found out what, you know, UCF's um, thing is, the charge on. They do this. That's just not original <laughs> at all. <laughs> charge on. It's, I was going to say, it's like similar to the chop, but it's like forward. It's more of like a slant. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're charging on, yeah. That's so dumb. They 2017 like, national champs. 2017 national champs. They should roll with like their space world, their space stuff, and be like, they're out of this world. I really like the space U stuff. They're the like, legitimately. Cool. Yeah, I the like light that. blue and black. Yeah, I like it. I was yeah, I was talking to some people today. They didn't really like it. I'm like, dude, it's like, come on. All right, as we <laughs> get off of UCF, with to te we're going to talk about teams that actually matter, not UCF. Oh wow! Wow. Sorry, UCF fans. Uh, and we will hop right into it with mm -hmm. Washington, Oregon, game of the week. We've game. I've been saying last couple weeks could be possibly game of the year. That, yeah, right? that's what I was about to say. This to me, this is game of the year. So far, up to this point, this is game of the year. On paper, at least. You know, mm -hmm. this could be a blowout. We're like, oh geez. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think so. Don't really think so at all. Both teams are high flying mm -hmm. top. Top 10 in scoring offense. Oregon only one of two teams that were in scoring defense as well and scoring yeah. offense. Uh, very, very potent offenses with led by two Heisman caliber quarterbacks and Bo Nix mm -hmm. and Michael Penix. Like these guys are going to put on a show. They put on a show last year, but remember Bo Nix got hurt in that game. Yep. Which altered a little bit of the ending led by a questionable call on fourth down by Dan Lanning in his own zone. Mm -hmm. But Nonetheless, we are here. Husky Stadium, 
3.30 Saturday on ABC. Game day will be there. Josh Pate and the Once Upon a Saturday tour will be there. Again, shout out Josh Pate for that one. Yeah. One day I'll clip this, but just not today. Just not I will today. say, I will uh, I will shout out Josh Pate for I'm not me shouting out Josh Pate. But his show on Sunday night, he called out. He said, Sarasota, we got listeners from Sarasota, Florida. And I was like, yep, that's me. You there we go. There we go. You got me. Me at least all that. Yep. You got me. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what your biggest takeaway is. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, I really think it's going to be if Washington's defense is going to be able to limit Oregon at all. Mm-hmm. Looking at some stats as I like to do. Yes. A big one pops off to me is Oregon on third down offensively is 10th in the country in conversion rate. Defensively, mm-hmm. Washington, 101st. Yeah. So right there, it screams Washington's not able to keep or uh, get off the field sometimes. And if you let a team that averages yeah. 51.6 points a game uh, on offense, that's not a good recipe. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, I know I'm no I'm not no brainiac, but teams that can score over 50 points a game and you can't get off the field is not good. Yeah, they're also 119th in first downs allowed, mm-hmm. 125th in sacks, where Oregon is sixth in the country of protecting and sacks allowed, second in the country in first downs, mm-hmm. tenth in the country in passing yards, eighth in rushing yards, third in yards per play. This is Crazy, and they're first in turnovers. So they do not turn the football over. They have one turnover, I believe, at least uh, from Bo Nix, at least. Yeah, Bo Nix only has one interception. Michael Penix has two. I will say the things that jump out at me right away, you know, put an asterisk next to it because Washington has played a much tougher schedule than Oregon has for the most part. Oregon has, you know, Oregon got to play. They did go to Portland Texas State. Tech. Well, they did had Texas Tech. <laughs> Which they but, escaped there, but compare comparing their you know, I mean schedules. let's not let's not protect Washington. They had Tulsa, Michigan State, Cal, mm-hmm. and barely they ousted Arizona with the backup quarterback in mm-hmm. only by seven. Yeah, so let's not. That was Michael Penix's well, whole entire thing going. Because I was going to say is that Washington's defensive numbers are substantially worse than Oregon's. Oregon's numbers on paper look much better. Yes. I mean, just just look at yards per game. Washington gives up about 110 yards more. Oh, yeah. In total. So, I mean, you know, obviously you put the caveat on there is that, you know, Washington went to Michigan State. They went to Arizona. You know, Oregon has had played two minutes. They went to Stanford, which, you know, that's playing in front of nobody. So that does, does that really count? I mean, it has to count. You know, they're just playing who they're playing. You know, no, exactly. But I do think jumping out at me right away. I think Oregon has a little bit of an advantage. How do you feel right now? I mean, I just think that Oregon has a little advantage just on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. I mean, Washington's offense is just when you have Michael Penix and all of that weaponry mm-hmm. around you. It's just. You have a fighter's chance. Anytime Michael yeah. Penix is there, like, you know, I'm looking at their stats offensively. They're first in passing yards, obviously. Uh, one thing that does jump out, though, they do lack in the run department. 103rd in the country. They're only averaging 
about buck 23 on the ground, mm-hmm. which right there is like, uh Oh, what happens if, you know, you have to become a pass only team against a Oregon team that is fifth in the country in pass passing yards allowed. They third in yeah. the country in yards per play. Like they don't, they play the pass well and they mm-hmm. have guys that are on defensively that will ball hawk you and mm-hmm. limit you from doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. what I see. I would say, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I think Oregon has a better defense. I do think Washington's just I think Michael Penix has looked a little bit better this year than Bo Nix, but not substantially better. No, it's you're splitting tooth and nail. I mean, Michael Penix is having <laughs> a, I mean, he has, He's a yard away from 2,000 yards passing. Yeah. I mean, he's having one hell of a year so far. And he should be. Mm-hmm. I would put him as the front runner as for the Heisman. Yeah. I mean, I know Caleb Williams is having a great year. But just Michael Penix right now, is the. I feel like he's the best quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Washington, you know, nobody ever thinks about Washington as like being like a place where you know offensively you can just dominate and just but here we are and this is good looking at it we're looking right at it right now and this is kind of feels like we're like colorado came to oregon and like the whole world watched like Mm -hmm. and it was like a big test for bo nix to be hey cameras are gonna be on let's see what you got you know this is your big chance and he Mm -hmm. went out and played awesome yeah now cameras on this time, Michael Penix now has a chance to really elevate himself along with Bo Nix. You know, Bo Nix, got to keep it going. Remember, both these teams are coming off bye weeks. We'll see how they do early. I think early and we'll see how the game flows, mm-hmm. especially coming out of the bye. You never know because you got to regain some momentum, maybe some rhythm. Yeah. But I, I expect a high-scoring game, but – it's, it doesn't feel like – it feels more like a game that where a team's going to pull ahead later than mm-hmm. come down to the last position. That's just how I'm kind of seeing it. I don't know how you are. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be down to the wire, personally. Okay. I, I think it, I think it's going to be a really close game. Care to explain more? Let's go in depth. <laughs> well, I just think this is a, the most important game in both of these teams' past five years, right? This is yeah. the game that both programs have been leading up to. Both of these players, both quarterbacks, this is their moment. I think for both teams, this is you you either win or you go home. Mm-hmm. You, I, yeah. The loser of this game probably isn't making the playoff, right? No. I mean, I think both teams are still in contention to possibly play each other again in the Pac-12 title game. No, yeah, absolutely. But I think from a standpoint of just going into it, you have to play this game as if this is where you're on the line. And I think a lot of these, both these teams are going in with that. So I think this game is going to be incredibly close. I think this is going to come down to the wire of which quarterback can make a play last. I think whoever wins the turnover battle, Mm -hmm. mostly like all games is really going to have a clear, uh, clear and real shot to win. Mm -hmm. That's I would lean Oregon. That's, Another reason. Yeah. I mean, they're 85th in the country and defensively, although in creating turnovers, Washington keeps is only 27th. But I don't, I don't know. It just feels like a big stat here also would be that rushing yard one is going to be a big one. Third down is going to be a big one. 
Another yeah. one to look at before we move on and make predictions. Washington first in the country in yards per play offensively. Mm-hmm. Oregon is third in the country yards per play defensively. So it's like good yeah. on good. Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing Saturday, and I can't wait. Can't wait. So I believe it's prediction time. What are you feeling? I'm feeling Oregon's going to win this. Mm-hmm. Mainly, again, I think they're offensively, they're just better. And it worries me for Washington defensively that they're not going to be able to get off the field. And Oregon's going to kind of have their way some. Not saying Washington won't put up points because they are, but I just think Oregon's going to be able to put up more points. Mm-hmm. Like I said, high-scoring game. But I see the Ducks rolling in. They're already a three-point underdog. And I do think they will win. I'm going to go and say for uh, 38 to 38-30. Okay. So I disagree with you just a little bit. I think it's going to come down to the very end. And I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to mm-hmm. step up. He's going to lead his team down with a minute 30 into field goal range, and they're going to win 33-30. You think Washington, 33-30, mm-hmm. but Oregon mm-hmm. technically covers with a push. Yes, yeah. So they don't cover, though. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, that's why we're here. This is why yeah, no, we're I, here, guys. I think, yeah, we pretty set different opinions on this one. I just think it's going to be super close. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be incredibly close. Braves game is on, so I have to watch it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, you know, no, Braves you're good, you're good. are fighting for their life right now against the Phillies. Anyway, all right, we'll move on. Next game, another game, 330. This is the SEC game of the week on CBS. Texas A&M in the fighting Jimbos and Bobby Petrino's head down to Rocky Top, or head up, I guess, with head up to Rocky Top, take on Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a bye, where, and then A&M coming off that – Tough loss at home mm-hmm. to Bama, where they really sh- had that game in the their hands, but somehow let the ball drop again. Yeah. So, uh, Dylan, you want to give out your early, early thoughts here? I mean, my first thought, really, just going into it, is I would worry for Texas A&M in this game more than Tennessee. Think more just from like a what happened last week, or more just the T- match just- at hand. I think just their matchup is not good for Texas A&M. Texas A&M's biggest problem this year has been their secondary. It has, especially when they're not able to get mm-hmm. pressure. And I think if you if you just look at how Texas A&M has played this year, whenever they play an offense that can score points, yeah, they get kind of out of whack. They get out of sync. I mean, if you look at that Miami game, I think that's just a good, especially since that's also an away game, and this is going to be a much tougher environment than Hard Rock Stadium at yeah. noon. You know, this is going to be not fun for Texas A&M. And... I bet you this is like the strikeout game, too. Mm-hmm. I haven't checked at all. But, you know, kind of like how you were th- saying about the crowd, I was just thinking yeah. how if A&M allows Tennessee to get a board. play mm-hmm. early, something crazy happens, like they get a score or something like that, that is a different crowd you're letting into the game and getting mm-hmm. crazy than you are Miami. Like, checkerboard game, places wild, 
and no. you're not helping yourself out, especially if you're going to give up the long ball. Mm-hmm. They do give a good job, though. You know, we knock on their defense. Tennessee's defense is pretty solid, too, but if we're just staying on AM for right now, big thing, jumped right out the gate. They've got to be able to stop the run if you're AM. and m Braves yeah. got to go to the inning again. A&M's got to be able to stop the run. They do a great mm-hmm. job at stopping the run anyway. They only allow about 84 yards a game defensively. They are ninth in the country in rushing yards. Vice versa, mm-hmm. Tennessee seventh in the country in rushing yards. Tennessee loves to run the football. They will Their offense goes to the run, but more of like an option run. Yeah. But they want to run the ball counterwise, get, get their running back, get the run game going, which sets up the downfield shots. Mm-hmm which is what Tennessee wants to do against a team in A&M that is very vulnerable to giving up big plays down the field. Yeah. 20, 15, 20 yards down the field, A&M is very vulnerable at that. Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, I said last week, you know, they come in top five in the country in sacks. sacks. Tennessee, 27th in the country in sacks. Mm-hmm. I think if you're A&M, you got to take a playbook out of what Florida did. And that's just stop the run. Got to stop the run and keep Milton in check as far as limiting the downfield shots. Because that's what I felt like when I was there. I watched it. They Mm -hmm. forced Tennessee to do a lot more screen game and just try to get yards after catch. Yeah. They took away the deep ball because they were able to stop the run. Because Mm -hmm. now you're setting them up for third and long where Tennessee's not going to want to, doesn't want to be at. Especially with a quarterback and Joe Milton, who's very inaccurate down the field. Yeah. That's another question. And I know I think you might agree with this. Is Joe Milton going to be able to take advantage of some of those shots down the field if when they're there? I mean, that's a it's a good question. I think just because of I, I trust Josh Heupel as a head coach, right? I think he's legitimately a very good head coach. Mm-hmm. I believe that they have something set up for Joe Milton to take advantage of his problems, right? Mm-hmm. That they can overcome his ability to be a little bit inaccurate when throwing deeper down the field. So I do want to give them the benefit of the doubt that I think Tennessee will still be able to create explosive plays in the secondary just because I I believe, you know, say whatever that, you know, I'm believing in something that probably isn't going to happen. But <laughs> right? right, yeah. But you know, I want to believe that they're still going to be able to throw it down here, just because we've seen it. We've seen, you know, we have. You know, it's but I mean, it's not the same team. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. As last year's team was with Henry yeah. Hooker and all them. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're now down without Brew McCoy, who's their star yep. receiver or their veteran receiver for that matter. They didn't really have like a. They don't really have like a star guy. They got, you know, they have a couple guys. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. I think it's Squirrel White. My. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It is. Yeah, it's Squirrel White. Yep. What a name, by the way. Squirrel White, <laughs> leading receiver right now. But you know they're down Brew McCoy. As I was talking about running game, and you were talking, mm-hmm. I looked up Tennessee's. Uh, again, I think this is really where again good on good meets. Yeah, and it's really going to be decided in this. I truly do think. Otherwise, you know. Because I think A and M is going to be able to score. See, Although, that's that's my question, actually. Roll that thought. So, 
Mm-hmm. Tennessee offensively running the football. 231 yards on the ground a game they're averaging. Yeah. Like I said a little bit ago, rushing yards, Texas A&M's only given up 84 on the ground allowing. Mm-hmm. Good on good. Yeah. Will they be able to stop them and limit, or are they going to be able to run the ball and just set up everything else? Mm-hmm. As far as A&M scoring, you know, I think you got to be able to do, again, what Florida did. And you got to have balance. Florida was very balanced against Tennessee, and that's what yeah. it was able them to score mm-hmm. and limit possessions for Tennessee. Yeah, they were able to run the football very effectively, and they made Graham Mertz not have to do anything crazy. He mm-hmm. did what he needed to do. He was efficient, and that's what they're going to need Max Johnson to do. They've got to be able to do better in the red zone. They were atrocious in the red zone. Yeah, last week, very yeah. bad. They. Only scored three points in the second half after they scored 17 in the first half last week. Mm-hmm. Got to be better there. They have got to be a lot better. You know, they're 43rd in the country in first downs offensively. Defensively, Tennessee is only is 18th in the country in first downs allowed. Mm-hmm. Where I do think they might be able to get them, maybe, as far as your Tennessee they got to be able to do what Alabama did last week and get after Wegman or get after Wegman, uh, get after Con- Max uh, Johnson, Austin, Austin Riley home run, get <laughs> after Max Johnson, mm-hmm. second in the country in sacks. They are, they will get after you. And what yeah. I saw the AM offensive line do last week was get bullied up front, mm-hmm. bullied. Yeah. They're 61st. When we were talking about, um, <laughs> Texas A&M scoring points. That's why my my question was going to be, can Texas A&M, let's just say that, you know, situation Tennessee isn't playing well offensively. Matt Olson hit. Nice. How, wait, repeat I that one this, more time for me. I was kind of got distracted right there. You know, even in a situation where Tennessee's offense isn't fully in sync, right? Yeah. I still think there's a decent chance that Texas A&M's offense just cannot do anything that day. They're going Maybe. too Nealon. They're going too Nealon. It's a checkered game. It's 3.30. I think it could be depending on how much mm-hmm. do they let the crowd get into it. Even then, I think Max Johnson's been a veteran enough. I mean, he played at LSU. He's been at A&M now. Mm-hmm. I don't think the crowd is really going to affect them too much. Yeah. It might from a pre-start, from a penalty standpoint, they can't mm-hmm. get fall behind the chains. Yeah. Because as soon as you – those pre-snap penalties – will be a killer, especially yeah. late, like on second and third down. You cannot fall behind more than you need to. Um, prediction time. Okay. Who I want to hear your like? prediction. My, mine's a little bit crazy. So. All right, so I think I have no idea what to think of this game because, mm-hmm. you know, AM is good enough to beat anybody yeah. in the SEC. Good enough to beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Even the fact that the game's in Tennessee, Tennessee comes off a bye. Mm-hmm. I think, oh gosh, because I I just don't know. I'll be honest with you, I really don't. Because if they're able to get after A and M, especially yeah. in sacks and set them back, that's going to kill them. But mm-hmm. if A and M's able to stop the run and get Tennessee off schedule, there you go. But yeah. I do think Tennessee's offensively. I think they're going to be able to run the ball enough where Joe Milton's going to be able to hit some shots down the field. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take Tennessee low scoring 
close game. Very close. I do. I, I mean, the line's three and a half. I don't know if they cover that. Like, I think this is a very, maybe a, like a one possession play away from being either game, like a coin flip pretty much game. But I'm going to okay. take Tennessee. I'm going to take them over under 56 and a half. In some places, it's 56. Drop to 55 and a half. But I'm going to say Tennessee wins 24 to 24 to, I don't even know. 24-16. Okay. okay. 20, I just said they wouldn't cover. Can't do that. 24-21. Okay, okay, okay. Very close. Could be a walk-off game. I think they Tennessee, might take the field goal post I, yeah. into the river again. I think Tennessee wins 38-24. So you have 14-plus. Mm-hmm. Well, 14, but... I just 100% believe... This Texas A&M squad stinks. Is, not only does it's, it's not you that think they, they stink, I think there's a cap. Okay. That there is a limit to what they can do offensively and defensively. That offensively, with Max Johnson at quarterback and without an amazing running back, they are a 25 to 22 points per game team. Yeah. That's all they'll sit at. They will not outperform that. The only time they look crazy is when they play a team far worse than them. I think Tennessee coming off the bye, getting a home game, getting it to be a checkered game, is going to be able to just feed on that energy. They're going to come out on offense. Joe Milton's good. People are going to be like, oh, my gosh, how is Joe Milton completing passes downfield? It's just going to be because he's going to get a lot of easy opportunities early, I think. I think they're just going to go up big early, and then they just don't really give A&M any chance to come back into this game. That's that's and that's a respectable line. I I just don't know what to think of this because I A and M was good mm-hmm. enough to win that game last week and they didn't and now they yeah. have Tennessee could be a letdown spot for them or yeah. could be, let's just get the boys rejam revamp mm-hmm. go in here and try to pull off a win. I just think to a degree though I think we'll move on but I just think for A and M it's like a that Alabama game was a complete yeah. motivational crush. Like that probably crushed dudes in that locker room. And it could be. Could very well be. All Mm -hmm. right, we are moving on to a 7.30 primetime game on ABC Mm. where what could have been an undefeated matchup between Miami heading to Chapel Hill on Saturday night turns into a 4-1 game versus a 5-0 Tar Heels because Miami couldn't take a knee and end the game against Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Regardless of that, that's in the past. We are here in the <laughs> present, somewhat. Miami, I just don't know how you bounce back from this. Maybe yeah. they they get revived. Maybe they just forget about it, somehow flush it. It just say, listen, that what happened happened. Can't change it now. We're gonna have to live with it. We'll just go ahead and focus on North Carolina. Try to pull off a big win for North Carolina. It's just keep the train rolling. I mean, this team is mm-hmm. moving and grooving. From this first game of the year against South Carolina to last week's game where very well could have been a game where a classic North Carolina game where they just slip up at home and it's like, what the heck just happened? But they crush Syracuse at home. And now you get high-flying Tar Heels who come in averaging 500 yards of total offense a game. (laughs) Over 320-plus, 320-plus. In the air, 
They're yeah. only allowing just over a, you know, just over 330 a game defensively as the Phillies tied it up. Ah, hate to see it. But I um I am all over North Carolina in this game. I just think North Carolina is too much right mm-hmm. now for Miami. Yeah. Drake May is playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's some cool offensive stuff for you. Uh, North Carolina is second in the country in third down conversions. Miami, 62nd defensively. My first downs, this is North Carolina offensively, eighth in the mm-hmm. country in first downs, 11th in the country in passing yards. Yards per play, 35th. They are 94th in the country in points scoring, but Miami is only 96th in the country in points allowed. So, yeah. I, I do, I just feel like similar to what I was saying about the Oregon Washington thing, Miami has played some bad teams on their schedule, though. Like running up the score against, bad. I'm considering Bethune Cookman at home. Okay, that's that's that. Where they win agree with that one. 40, 48 to seven, and they fold that up with Temple at home, or they go to Temple. I could I could get behind you there, and I think that you know if you look at their numbers, it makes their defense look incredible. The fact that they only give up sixty rushing yards a game, and then you remember they played five teams who can't run the ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. you know, maybe their rushing offense or defense isn't as incredible as we think. They just haven't played a team who actually runs the ball more than what fifteen carries a game. I mean, Texas A&M hey. stopped running the ball in the second half. Miami's only allowing fifty-eight yards on the ground. That's second in that's, the country. That's what I'm saying. There's it's crazy. But if, but if you look at the teams they played, these true. Teams, that's true. Like, I mean, like Bethune Cookman was pulling out everything they could against Miami. They were throwing the ball <laughs> ten times every single like. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty crazy, though. They're doing that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It is crazy, but I don't I just, think it's, I I don't think think it's, it's as real as like it, it looks. If you know I just I, mean. I just think it's too much North Carolina, mm-hmm. Miami. I think they're a really good. I think they're a solid squad. I I think Miami is a solid nine and three, nine and four win team. They uh. They really hurt themselves if you look at the standings because mm-hmm. they're one of the only one of few teams without a win in the conference. Yeah. So they dropped like all the way to sixth to last in the mm-hmm. standings. Where North Carolina wins, they'll go to three and zero in conference play, six and zero overall, be yep. still right there in the mix for a Pac-12 title game. ACC. Pa- ACC. I don't know where I got Pac-12. <laughs> I think I was thinking about Oregon for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but North Carolina, right there for the ACC title game. I think Chapel Hill at night is always fun. Drake Mays just continues to roll. Yeah. If you're Miami, what has to happen for them to pull off an upset? Uh, they need to turn the ball over. They need create turnovers to create turnovers for North Carolina. They need to get North Carolina's offense off the field. You know, both teams come pretty similar in the turnover department. Mm-hmm. Miami's thirtieth in the country in turnovers forced defensively. Offensively, yeah. North Carolina's thirty-first. Drake May does have four interceptions this year. So does Tyler Van Dyke. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I think three I, of those are against um, Georgia Tech too. There you go. So 
Yeah. I just I'm just thinking North Carolina is going to get out early, and Miami's mm-hmm. not really going to know how to respond, especially after last week's debacle. I just think yeah. the confidence is already a little lower than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I think North Carolina wins this probably yeah. in the range of mm, I want to say twenty seven to twenty seven to seventeen. Mm. You think it's kind of close though, one uh, ten point win. I mean, it's a tempo win. I mean, they're covering. It's a three and a half line. Yeah. So, I mean, a touchdown late. I do mm-hmm. think these two teams are evenly matched, but I just think North Carolina is able to pull ahead late. Maybe it's like a 30 yeah. to 17 win, 27 mm-hmm. to 30 range. I, I think I, I think North Carolina wins big, personally. Okay. I think they win uh, 42 to 21. Oh man, you are just pulling out the big ones today. Yeah, no, I just think that because of the way Miami lost last week, mm-hmm. mixed with them playing a night game at Chapel Hill and North Carolina have, having something to prove, and I mean yeah. they're ranked twelfth, they're behind two one-loss teams. You have yeah. something to prove to the nation at seven thirty on ESPN. You know you can. To me, I think they're gonna run the ball they're gonna run the score up on purpose. They're gonna to continue to pass the ball into the fourth quarter. Who, Miami? Uh North, North Carolina. Carolina. Prove mm-hmm. a point. Yeah. But I don't think they have to. I mean I think that they're a team that's just get their business done, move on mm-hmm. to the next game. That's just kind of how they feel. No, I think I think they're absolutely uh let's blow the water off Miami at home. Maybe. Maybe Mac Brown just has feeling a little feisty today. Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at the last couple of games they put, I mean, they put up one forty to seven for Syracuse, forty one twenty four Pitt, Minnesota thirty one thirteen. I mean, they've they've taken care of business. They leave yeah. no doubt. Mm-hmm. The closest game was App State, but that's as weird as it is. App State is that's an in state school that they those fan bases don't like each other. No, that was a very close game. Too. Mm-hmm. They always play yeah, was last year too. Yeah, it was. That's just for that, some reason. That was they wild play last year. They play like they went into two overtime this year too. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, USC. We're Dylan's Your defense, favorite. where he's Your gonna favorite. have to defend USC somehow here. Mm-hmm. Where I think Notre Dame has a point to make in this game. They lose two games coming into this. They come home after three really hard-fought physical teams they've had to play in Duke, Ohio State, and Louisville. And now you get USC coming in to your building this year. Mm -hmm. You have a better quarterback this year than you did last year. Mm -hmm. You have a more physical team than USC does. You have a running back who might run for 1,000 yards. And – I, I, I'm just thinking it's going to be Notre Dame's offense taking on USC's defense. This is the, the thing that's going to – oh, man, a lot of, lot of bad. A lot of bad in that USC defense ranks-wise. But before I do that, let's hear your thoughts. Look, man, I, I'll admit it. USC's defense has not been good. No. They've not been good at all. But their offense is incredible. Their offense is incredible. Against I mean, bordering, Star- bordering on against, historically good. Well, you know, you can do that when you play Arizona, Colorado, Arizona State's defense, Stanford's, mm-hmm. Nevada's, San Jose State's. 
they're really tough defenses. I know. I know. We don't give credit to the boys out in Nevada. But uh, got to um, – let's bring it back to earth now. I mean, come on. They scored 66 on Nevada. That's – Okay, and Nevada is where? Huh? Mountain West boys. Come on. Oh. Respect the Mountain West. I, I respect the Mountain West. I love the Mountain mm-hmm. West. But we're not comparing USC offense – taking on a tough Nevada defense. We're talking about Notre Dame and its offense taking on USC's defense. And I do think Notre Dame is going to be able to take very much a lot of advantage of this USC defense. This USC defense stinks. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm looking at the rankings. I have them right in front of me. Hundred. This is just USC defensive ranks. 111th in red zone efficiency. They are 72nd in the country in third down conversions, 122nd in first downs allowed, 115th against the pass, 92nd in rushing yards allowed, 78th in the country in yards per play. The only thing they're really green in is sacks. They do get after the quarterback against inferior teams with poor offensive line and 58th in the country in points allowed, which is no thing that really brag about, I think. And they're 80th in the country in turnovers. So they're not creating turnovers like they did last year, where mm-hmm. they were really good at that. Where if you look at offensively, Notre Dame, the numbers are middle of the pack, but they've played better competition. You've played yeah. against stu- really good defenses. So, you know, they may be 50th in the country in red zone efficiency, but those are some, they haven't been in the red zone a whole lot because yeah. there's been a lot of low scoring games. If anything, you know, Notre Dame is 91st right now again in points allowed. Sam Hartman hasn't played his best ball, but I just think if there's ever a game to get right, it's this game. Okay. And I think that they're going to be able to run the football. They're gonna estimate mm-hmm. is gonna have a field day, and they will put they may score they may score 20 points in the first quarter. Maybe. Okay. I think they're okay. gonna USC is not gonna be able to stop this team. Their only hope is if they're going to be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Caleb Williams is going to be able to create points. He was last year against the similar Notre Dame defense. Yep. I don't know. It just feels like trouble brewing for USC. That's I'll, – I'll let you respond. I mean, I don't have a clear response. I think all the, a lot of the things you said were true. I just – I mean – I have a strong feeling this is going to be a shootout. Okay. USC is going to have the ball for longer because Notre Dame's going to score quick. Yeah. And you're going to hate me for this. I, I know think you're USC gonna say. wins this game. You're crazy. I think you're, thinking, you're out of your mind. Out 43 of your mind. to 42. They go Get for two at the here. end. This they go for two at the end and they win this game. Get out of here. You're crap. Nope. You're crazy. Nope. There's nope. not they, a chance. They are gonna they're gonna get the ball. They're gonna get the, the ball in the last drive of the game. They're gonna go downfield, score, go for two. And Rudy's gonna come out on the field. Rudy's gonna on, come out. He's okay. gonna put out put on a USC um that's, helmet. That's cute. That's real cute. There's not a chance. USC keeps it close. Notre Dame yep. is going to crush this team. I've what, been what saying it for be? weeks. What do you think the score is going to be? 45 to 27. They're not keeping USC to 27. 
Watch them. Watch them. They won't. They won't. They will. They will not. This is perfect. This is Utah game written all over it. <laughs> I'm telling you. You're calling okay. me crazy. Okay. <laughs> Utah is a very similar built team to this Notre Dame team, in my opinion. Quarterback-wise, they might be have a better quarterback than Notre Dame, but they want to run the football. They're a physical mm-hmm. team that wants to run the football and create openings in their pass game. They have a workhorse at running back. And he hasn't had a big game in a couple weeks. He is going to have one Saturday when he runs all over this USC team. Runs all over him. Do I need to explain that again, that they're 92nd in rushing? And I, Hartman, USC is going to pull this one out. They're 115th against the pass. They stink. Does not matter. They stink. I would love to, side note, and love to see USC and LSU play each other. Mm-hmm. Get them on a field. They play each other next year in Vegas. Get mm-hmm. them on the field right now. I don't care. I want to see a row. I want to see who scores 100 points first in the first half because neither defense would stop each other. They would be playing flag football. They might as well play that game <laughs> flag football. But we're talking about Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish. We're going to lose at home against just because, the Trojans of Southern California. Just because they went to Florida State a couple years ago and beat you guys doesn't mean that you need to just start getting all mad at Notre Dame. Okay? Okay, okay. Just take it easy over there. They're going to crush right. this team. 45-27s being generous. Mm. Let's go Irish. Fight okay. Irish. Fight on. Put Fight it on. on you want to you make it a little friendly wager because of this? I don't have anything to wager right now, man. That's that's right, you don't. <laughs> that's right, you don't, bud. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. Right. I'll, I'll wager this with you. I'll wager this with you. Okay, let's hear it. If USC wins, you'll okay. buy a USC shirt and wear it for the next when 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 you get it, you'll wear it for the podcast. Fine with me. And if, if Notre Dame wins, I'll buy a Notre Dame shirt and wear it on the podcast. Sounds good to me. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Put it on the board. All right, all right, all right, there all we right. go. There we go. Hope you you better you might as well just get it now. You should have gotten it yesterday <laughs> when Prime Day was going on. Okay. No okay. way you're winning that. So <laughs> have fun losing money there. Okay, okay. All right. So we're gonna speed through these two quick ones. Because mm-hmm. there is not a whole lot to talk about coming up with I'm trying to find oh here we go. Iowa, Wisconsin. The only reason why mm-hmm. I put wanted to put this one in was mainly the fact that winner of this. So both these teams are two solid ball clubs, actually. Both of them mm-hmm. come in. Iowa five and one, two and one in conference play. Wisconsin four and one, two and zero in conference play. Both these two teams top two in the West. Winner of this is likely going to be pull ahead and win the win the division. Yeah. I think Wisconsin was going to win the division back to my preseason predictions. But Wisconsin gets them at home, 10 point mm-hmm. favorites against the Iowa team without Cade Bagnamare. Team doesn't score a whole lot of points anyway, but plays very good defense. Oh, offensively, Iowa. Which stat do you want to hear first? Because I got, there's a whole lot of bad. <laughs> whole I mean, lot of bad. If, if it's on the offensive side of the ball, you know it's a bad stat. For How about 130, 131st in passing yards? 
130th in third down conversions, 133rd in first downs, 67th in sacks allowed, 108th in rushing yards, 127th in yards per play, 105th in turnovers. They're turning the football over a bunch. Wisconsin is 17th in the country defensively in set turnovers, mm-hmm. 10th in the country in red zone efficiency, 55th in the country in third down conversions. Uh, this has a uh, splattering has, written all over it. To me, this where, has most boring game of all time on it. So over under for anybody out there that likes to bet mm-hmm. sickos out there that likes to bet these kind of over unders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, thirty four and a half. If you're out there wondering about it, I'm I'm going with the under. Going with the under, smart man, mm-hmm. right there. Smart, smart man. I think it's Wisconsin. If Mordecai is able to just create plays, run the football with Braylon mm-hmm. Allen, they're gonna have they're gonna be fine defensively. Wisconsin's always solid, and they're gonna be fine. I think they win. If Iowa has to create turnovers, and they've got to be able yeah. to score points and limit Wisconsin, that's the only way that Iowa's gonna be able to win this. Being in Wisconsin, Iowa's not scoring points. That's Iowa's not scoring a lot of points, and that's the issue. They are in Camp Randall, mm-hmm. which doesn't help them either. Maybe if it was at home, that would be different. But they're at Wisconsin. Quarterback, I'll favor Wisconsin. Running back, I'll favor Wisconsin. Defensively, I'll favor Wisconsin slightly. I think – actually, you know, check that. I think Iowa's defense is really good always. But yeah. Wisconsin's is good enough to hang in there and limit that atrocious Iowa offense. Give me the Badgers to cover. I think they went 23-7. to. Seven. I think maybe they get a late touchdown. I'm calling. I'm calling the upset. I'm going 17-10. Iowa wins. What is wrong with you today? Did you wake up? Are you just delirious right now? I know you did. I'm not, this I'm not, morning. Oh man, I'm but, delirious. I just I have the feeling. You know, we're gonna see an offensive output from Iowa. They may have 200 passing yards in a game. Maybe that's, that's, that's you're asking a lot for a team that averages checks notes 129. Passing yards again. Brian Fer, uh, Ferdinand is fighting Ference. for his job. Ferentz, sorry. I am so sorry to him. He's fighting for his job right now. Well, he's going he's gonna to lose it. So. He needs those points. He does. He hey, get, he's getting 17 of them. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on. Dylan's going to talk about this for a quick second. I've got to step mm-hmm. off for a few seconds here. Okay. UCLA, Oregon State, Dylan, Give tell mm-hmm. them. What do you what do you think happens here? I mean, I want to start out right away and just say, you know, UCLA is one of the best defenses in the country. Like quietly, UCLA has had one of the most dominant defenses in the country. You know, we were talking about Miami's rushing attack, but if you look at who UCLA has played, they've been fantastic against the run, especially when they played Utah, when they played Washington State. I mean, they dominate teams when it comes to on the ground movement problem with UCLA is they have a freshman quarterback in Dante Moore who isn't ready yet. He's shown signs where he can be that guy, but he's not shown he's ready to take the next step and be a leader of a top 25 team. Now, oh, man. Um, On the other side, Oregon State, I mean, they've had – they've been, you know, for the most part, it's been a good year for them. Oregon State had, you know, the rough outing against Washington State where they, you know, they just barely lost by three. But since then, you know, they beat Utah. They beat Cal. The only thing with 
Oregon State is they get 40 points to Cal. That's atrocious. Like it's, oh my gosh, that's bad. That's one of the worst things I've seen in a while. It's like they, they let Cal score 17, 15, and 8. And most of it was through the, I mean, it was in the air and the, it's 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 not very good. So I'm. Uh, this is a this is a good matchup. This is a really good matchup. It's it's a very sneaky ranked matchup that not yeah. a, nobody's really talking about out west. Mm. And it's an eight o'clock Eastern start, so it's five Pacific time. Yeah. So five o'clock kick. Both defenses are really good. That's what I was saying. The only thing that gives me hiccups. Is Oregon's defense? Oregon State's defense just gave up forty points to Cal. I feel like that was more of a look ahead. I hope so. I think it will be a big story. I think a big thing to mm-hmm. keep an eye on from a UCLA offensively. They stink in the red zone, one hundred and twenty ninth in the country. Mm-hmm. Oregon State very good red zone defense at sixty first in the country. So. Is if if Oregon State's able to limit UCLA from scoring points in the red zone, I feel like you could see a game where this is kind of like a uh, uh, the Utah game from a couple of weeks ago, where you know they just Oregon State kind of controlled, dictated, and controlled mm-hmm. in dictated terms. Even though UCLA's defense is really good, is their offense like is Dante Moore going to be able to? create enough plays you saw what happened when they went to utah a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago they were not able to do anything yeah i think he's a good player really good i think he's a good quarterback he's only a freshman but are they good enough to stop the run and you know limit that oregon state offense that is so potent on the ground mm-hmm. they I mean very balanced team they average both over 200 yards on the ground and in the air the big story is the rushing yards. UCLA, 64 yards allowed, only allowing, yeah. though. But I just think Oregon State's going to be able to dictate it too much. Like I said, very good defense is going at each other. Mm-hmm. Look for a low-scoring game. Yeah. Oregon State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 54. I would lean the under. Yeah. Personally. All right. Uh, I think you're ready to make a uh, pick here. Yes, I am. I don't know how you feel. I, I'm going to go with 24-21 Oregon State wins. I'll go Oregon State 20, 20 uh, yeah, 24 to 24-15. Okay. 15. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be really close. I think I just I think, think Oregon State's yeah. defense is going to be too much mm-hmm. for a freshman quarterback in that offense that hasn't been scoring as many points as they probably want to lately. Yeah. 25 last week to Washington State. They only have seven to Utah. So they don't score a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And Oregon State's really decent at home. Yeah. You know, against at home, they're two and one eight against the spread. They're three and oh this year on at home. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, I'm gonna take the beavers there. Yeah, me too. Taking the beavers. All right, 
Moving on now to one of our cooler parts of the segment or show. <laughs> yeah. Upset alert. Where I got one, two, three, what are that? Six games. Mm-hmm. Two sports. I try to keep it more of like the visiting teams, the up the uh Yeah. No, like I guess favorite. You. But sometimes, you know, you mix in a home team getting a bad bad game. Or a tougher game. Mm-hmm. So here I got Missouri at Kentucky. Kentucky's two and a half point favorite. Louisville at Pitt, minus seven and a half Louisville. Ohio State's at Purdue this week. They're a 19 and a half point favorite. Kansas at Oklahoma State. KU is a three point favorite. Florida at South Carolina. South Carolina is a two point favorite. Wyoming at Air Force. Air Force, 10 and a half point favorite. Dylan, which mm-hmm. game is the unlikeliest to be an upset? And which game? Is the oh, here you know three categories? Which team? Which game is likeliest to be a not an upset? Just takes care of business. Mm-hmm. Which game is uh, team covers but doesn't yeah. win? Maybe survives but maybe covers. Mm-hmm. And then which game is the just maybe? Which game has the biggest chance of being the upset? Okay, so I think the most obvious for me for cover that the team's going to cover and they're going to be fine is Louisville at Pitt. I think Louisville's just going to come in. I think they're going to look really good against Pitt. I think they've looked really good all year. I don't think Pitt has looked fantastic, personally. I think they've looked up and down, but I think Louisville just looks a lot better than them. And it's only it's a seven-and-a-half-point spread, so I think I think Louisville wins comfortably. I... Uh... Um, there you go, yeah. I just want to say, no, I'll let you finish. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I th- I think Louisville's going to win. Yeah. But I just pit at pit after a big win. Mm-hmm. Always a weird spot for undefeated teams to go into pit, and it's just like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Might happen again. Pitt's not good at quarterback. They're offensively, but you never know. Yeah. That's why, like, that hook is what's getting mm-hmm. me, I think. And – Right team, I think that's just going to survive. I think Kentucky is just going to survive against Missouri. They're not going to look particularly impressive. They're going to be yeah. just almost like they're rebuilding from that game against Georgia. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to look like there's pieces that aren't quite right, but I think they pull it out and they win that game, but it will be a close one. I think they might win by three points, right? The spread is two and a half. I think they win by three where they cover, you know what I mean? They, they cover the spread, but just mm-hmm. barely, and they don't look fantastic, but they get out of there. Yeah. And then I, I think Wyoming upsets Air Force. I think that's way too big of a spread. Like, that's crazy. That is – there's probably something like, that we're not seeing. There's something – something's wrong with this. Something, something's Force, not right. It could be a game where, you know, Air Force is very good. And it could be, you know, they're the classic, you know, milk the clock, score points, limit their mm-hmm. team defense and that might what happen is they may score they may win by 14 and it's just like a low scoring 14 though but they might they just may keep wyoming off the field i mean air force air force is like they're off air force defensively they're they are eighth in the country they're only allowing about 12 points a game scoring offense they are up there as well like they will score points 16th Mm -hmm. in the country they're averaging 37 a game so well, it's because they're averaging 330 rushing yards. That'll game. do it. And you know what they're doing? They're yeah. limiting other teams from scoring, being on the mm-hmm. field because they're yeah. just get, staying on the staying 
on the field. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do just Wyoming has played a tougher schedule, better. Beat Texas Tech, you beat Fresno State, but now you got to go mm-hmm. to Air Force. I, I mean, I mean, you, you were close at Austin. Yeah. Up until like that fourth quarter, you were in a one-score game versus Texas. I, I just, I, I don't even, even if Air Force wins this game, I think there's no way they win by ten over ten and a half. I don't know. Maybe I think they might. That's crazy to me. I um. So, team. Mm-hmm. We'll start off. Team that's most likely to be upset. Yeah. Would probably be. I would think maybe Oklahoma State beating Kansas. That's I don't fair. know. I think Oklahoma State has found some of that quarterback in a big mm-hmm. win last week at Can- with Kansas State. Yeah. Now you have Kansas that comes to town. I think they could get a big win there. Mm-hmm. We'll see about Florida. You know, you know, Billy Napier and the Fighting Boys or Gators are one and seven outside of the uh yeah. Outside of the confines of uh Ben Hill Griffin. Mm-hmm. I saw a uh, I was watching Josh Pate yesterday and he was talking about like mid season tracker, like how teams maybe are feeling the current mood tracker. Yeah, yeah. And he talked about Florida and how they uh He's kind of like that introvert friend that just stays at home. Likes to be at home mm-hmm. is a when you when you're at home with him, great guy, like awesome to be around. Yeah. When you gotta take him out, that's they're just not the same. You know, mm-hmm. they're just shy. They don't. They're just not motivated to be there. That's yeah. what he's like. That's the thing what Florida is. They're that introvert friend that wants to stay at home. Mm-hmm. We'll see. They had they yeah. beat this. They beat the South Carolina team. 38-6 last year at home. Mm-hmm. Now they got to go to South Carolina. If they're able to get pressure and run the football, maybe. But I think South Carolina might be able to win that. I think I think South Carolina. I I think similar to like what I was saying about Kentucky. I think it would be close. Yeah. But I, I think, think South Carolina. Yeah. I think South Carolina can cover that too. Yeah, they just need to win by three. I mean, yeah. that's not the yeah. So. I'm going to say keeps it close. Florida keeps it close. Mm-hmm. But I think South Carolina wins. Yeah. And for a team that is just going to blow them out, you know, I uh, I don't know why, but I just think Air Force is going to be able to cover that number now. I'm thinking about it. I just, I just don't think so, man. I don't know. Yeah, there's always a chance. There's always a chance they can, but like at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm like, they only won 13-3 versus Sam Houston at home. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you get Wyoming off a big win. Now you have them mm-hmm. at Air Force against your style of play. Give me yeah. the Fighting Falcons. Okay. Okay. Give me the Falcons. I also think. I also think that um, Purdue Ohio State game is going to be close. I think that that I could be a close. That's gonna game. be a one score game. That's gonna be a one score game in the fourth okay, quarter. Okay, bold take for Dylan right there. He's just. I, I don't. I don't feel like that. I don't think it's that bold. That's a house of horrors for Ohio State going to West Lafayette. At least this it's is, at noon, and they do have the slow start to my herd. And this is Ryan Day's first time in West Lafayette. Weird stat. But it's always never Ohio, It's been Ohio against the world. Oh yeah. It's always been Ohio against the world from a guy that's not from Ohio. I heard Jeff Brom said something. I'd like to know where he is right now. It's always been Ohio against the world. Always, and it will continue to be. 
Anyway, let's move on to best bets now as we close out today's episode. Just yes. check the numbers from last episode as we take this short little pause. Mm-hmm. Guys, up a subscriber, five likes, 55 views. Thank you. Let's give mm-hmm. it a big applause. We'd love to see it. Continue to see it, hopefully. Yes. You know, average view duration's up. Mm-hmm. Views are up. From last episode where we had 16, we're up to 55. That's big time, guys. So continue to like time. the like and subscribe to the channel and keep on watching. Anyway, all right, we'll move on. Two best bets now. Where we are, let me check. We were 11, 11, and 1. We had a I had a great week in last week. But mm-hmm. you know, the picks that we made, you know, we kind of got screwed by we got screwed by AM. Yeah. Vanderbilt should have covered. Mm-hmm. We changed. I had Georgia to cover the spread, changed mm-hmm. it to the under, so that didn't hit. Yeah. But, you know, Arizona and Louisville did. So, mm-hmm. but we are, I got good picks this weekend. So I got South Carolina minus two. I think it's close, but they win. They pull ahead. Yeah. I had Wyoming my, plus the 10 and a half, but I just changed it to Air Force. I think Air Force wins and covers. Okay, man. I might I might regret that. I, Notre I Dame. Notre that. Dame minus three. Sorry, Dylan. Okay. Fresno State minus four and a half. That is tomorrow night. And Oregon, Washington. I'll take the over at 67. Okay. All right, take okay. the over. So okay. That is all I have tonight. Dylan, any That's... final thoughts here? Let's watch some football Saturday. Let's watch some football. Let's enjoy, guys. Mm-hmm. Remember week seven. Big games. We'll be back next week, as we always are, with recap rolling mm-hmm. right into week eight. Enjoy yep. this weekend slate. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. Peace out. See you guys.